BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We time meets me time where magic meets the sea on a Disney cruise. Adults can relax and enjoy dedicated spaces designed just for them. Indulge in a massage at Census Spa or take a dip in Quiet Cove, an adult exclusive pool. Don't worry, the kids are having some me time of their own at incredible kids clubs. And there's amazing we time, like entertainment, imaginative dining, character encounters, and more around every corner. A magical vacation at sea awaits on Disney Cruise Line. Amor Fati, loving what is. In this episode, Eckhart talks about the process of writing his first book, The Power of Now. He says he surrendered to the idea that the book wanted to be written. He explains he had a vision which inspired him long before he wrote the first word. He shares that he encountered naysayers, people who tried to discourage his pursuits. And he says when an individual or group tries to bring new knowledge to the world, they often encounter resistance. The book eventually became a number one New York Times bestseller, and I believe one of the most influential spiritual books of our time. And he says that the ancient Romans had an expression for surrendering to something greater than ourselves, which is amor fati. In Latin, it means loving one's fate. Eckhart believes the true meaning is loving what is. He says when we align ourselves with the isness of the present moment, enormous power is released connecting us with an intelligence which permeates the entire universe. I was beginning to write The Power of Now many years ago, and people asked me, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing a book. I knew it, had, it wanted to be written. That was the, it, I had to write it. This often comes to people in the state of presence, you realize what it is that wants to be created rather than what is it that I want to create, what is it that wants to be created in the totality of things. And I knew that this book wanted to be created and it was a powerful impulse came and I worked quite hard. It, I was there's a high intensity of energy, but it was enjoyable. That kind of and people people asked me. The environment always wants to, or often wants to discourage you. People ask, "What are you working on?" I said, "I'm writing a book. What about the present? Living in the present moment?" People said, "I wouldn't do that." It's. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been done so many times. Can't you think of something else? Uh, <laughs> so that could easily detract you if people question your vision, if it, because this is a kind of vision that suddenly arises, and that's a beautiful way of creating. So it's not that what I want to create. No, what is it that wants to be created? What is it that the universe wants? And then you are in the service of that. And then people, I thought, I had no idea how many people would eventually read that book. I was still writing it. And 
then I talked to somebody else who also, again, somebody who said, well, uh, there's already, there's Ram Das, he already said it all in his book, uh, Be Here Now. Uh, everybody has read that, so why write another book like that? Makes no sense. Okay. And I said to this man, uh, it doesn't matter, I, even if only a, a few people read it, it's fine. And if it sells very few copies, that's fine. Then I'll just go and sell tomatoes. I don't know. I don't know why I said why selling tomatoes came to me. <laughs> and after that, I said it several times to people who questioned what I was doing. That uh, that I and I, I became sure that I perhaps I would have had a market stall somewhere and would have been happy selling tomatoes in, in the present moment. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So that means my, the intensity that was there was so different from the intensity that I experienced when I was a student working hard. That intensity was a stressful intensity. It was an unhappy intensity. It was basically the, the ego to, trying to achieve something. And... When the ego tries to achieve something, this, you can always tell the difference when you're engaged in pursuing a particular goal. Inevitably, certain obstacles will arise on your path, even if it's the totality wants it, even if it is aligned with what the universe wants, so to speak. It does not mean that automatically there will be no obstacle in your path whatsoever. There probably will be obstacles, especially if you bring something new into this world. There is also a force of uh, a cutting of the word right now that wants to prevent new things from arising. <laughs> There's a heaviness in sometimes energy fields. People don't like it if you bring something new in. And if you put yourself out, let's say you, you open a YouTube channel to spread spiritual teaching, great thing to do. I mean, there are incredible possibilities these days for reaching people through these channels that no, normally spread unconsciousness, but potentially could and sometimes do also spread consciousness. So there are incredible possibilities there for you. But of course, the moment you do, the obstacles will arise. For example, in the form of comments that people leave about your YouTube channel. There will be 90% of people will probably love it. 
and 10% of people will try to pull you down. And they say, well, what a dreadful person and, and a fraud you are, and you should be doing this. How dare you talk about what happiness when all these people are unhappy? So you're so selfish. Whatever they say. I stopped reading comments uh, several decades ago. <laughs> because the strange thing is the human mind you read comments, the, the positive ones, you can read it, oh, nice, nice, good, nice. And then you come after reading 10 positive ones, you read one spiteful comment about you. Now, the strange thing about the human mind is the negative things have a stickiness to them, and they tend to stick in your mind for several days. You've forgotten all the positive ones, but you remember the, the spiteful ones. So, uh, obviously, to totally disregard comments may not be right for everybody, but not to have an ego that feels offended when you, when you read negative comments about the wonderful work that you're doing on YouTube or wherever you're doing it. As you know, I have, I have become a famous YouTuber. <laughs> uh, and my, my next ambition, obviously, is to become an Instagram influencer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might think I'm too old for that, but there are lots of filters you can use. <laughs> and even I will look good with these filters. <laughs> So whatever you do, obstacles will arise on your path. And again, when it's ego-motivated, when you encounter an obstacle, you react to it and you become either angry or stressed or fearful, antagonistic. You get, <laughs> sometimes, often the obstacle appears in the form of people not wanting you to do what you're doing or whatever it may be, and obstacles will appear. In the new way of doing things, you look at an obstacle, don't complain about it, you, you just you face it, and you become still, and then you either circumvent it, or you turn it around and it becomes something helpful, in the same way that a martial arts, in certain martial arts, you use the force of your opponent and tr transform it into th something that is no longer attacks you, but it is turned around. So the force of your opponent th throws him and not, not you. So the way in which you approach difficulties and obstacles changes. You don't get discouraged. You don't get, you, you don't complain about obstacles, about these electoral people that are preventing you from achieving whatever it is you want to achieve. So there's a d different way in which you approach these hindrances, obstacles, and so on. This is part of acceptance of the present moment. This is an essential part of living aligned with the, because often in the present moment something appears that does not look optimum, not the best thing. And there you come to an all is the acceptance of the isness. 
you will notice that then you stop complaining about people. Because in the other, if you're egoically possessed, then you will continuously be complaining about other people, how they're not doing what they should be doing, or they're doing the wrong thing. And that goes, and then you, you, you tell the stories of, he was supposed to do that, but did he do it? No, and then he did it totally wrong. He has give stories after story after story to strengthen your ego. That goes away, the complaining drops away. There's just the isness of the present moment. Talking about ancient Romans, there was quite a bit of wisdom in antiquity the Romans and the Greeks, the Romans adopted many things from the Greeks. There's a famous saying again in Latin, which is, uh, well, it's just two words, amor fati, which means the love of, fati could be translated as fate, or but really it is the love of what is. Amor fati, F-A-T-I, the love of what is. That is again inspired by Stoic teachings. To love the isness of the present moment, no matter in which form it manifests. And with that comes enormous power. The ego thinks that by fighting against something, that is power, but that is pseudo power. The true power comes when you're aligned with whatever is arising in the present moment, because that is an important aspect of what we call the power of now, or the Tao Te Ching, which is the same thing. To be aligned with the Tao. Tao is the intelligence that pervades the universe and also dwells within you. So, intensity arises, but not stress. And I believe there are some people who have great enterprises who are somehow able to, to conduct their business in that way. I haven't, I haven't met them personally, I think. And also you don't know, just by meeting people, you still don't know how they actually conduct their enterprises. Are they, are they, aligned, are they, I don't want to mention any names, some names come to me, maybe they act in that way, but I'm not sure if they do. You don't really know until you observe a person in action, uh, then you can learn a lot about their state of consciousness. You can also learn a lot about their state of consciousness when you observe a person being confronted with a challenge. What then? The person, but the moment ago was so spiritual. <laughs> and then the challenge comes. <laughs> Sometimes people can be effective spiritual teachers, relatively effective, uh, can give good talks, and yet in their private life, it's not happening, it's still unconscious. So the good test, how do you, if you want to learn about your state of consciousness uh, and not deceive yourself, it's not to do with how, how, how good a meditator you are. The real test is how do you face challenges and 
Another test is how do you act when you are given power in this in an organization or whatever it may be? How do you act when you are given power over other people through rising in an organization or whatever it may, may be? Again, the, the ego comes in most strongly through facing challenges or through giving power. You can, they, they can be a, a very seemingly egoless person, a small, and suddenly this person is given power. It could, could be within a spiritual organization to a disciple of a great master, always seemingly no ego whatsoever. And then, and then the master gives him or her a powerful position. And suddenly this meek person blows, the ego blows up and see total transformation. This, ha this happened to, I don't know if you're familiar with Osho Ashram, in, goes back a few decades. Uh, there was a woman in his ashram and he gave her power over the organization. And she was wonderfully spiritual before, before she got power. <laughs> and she went crazy when she was given power. The, the overblown ego doing the most absurd things and eventually the whole organization dissolved through madness. <laughs> this applies to be very careful than even in yourself. It's always easier to recognize the ego in others. A bit more difficult to recognize the ego in yourself. So, but self-observation is vital. So self-observation is when, how do you face challenges? By this, the world can give you continuous feedback about your state of consciousness, <laughs> how you face challenges, or if you have power, how you use power over other humans. What does that do to your ego? So that's a similar example one could give concerning power in certain parts of the world, it is almost customary for periodically the government to be overthrown in a coup d'etat because people become so unhappy with the corruption of their government that finally they overthrow the government and some idealistic, perhaps idealistic new person comes in and takes over with their, their followers. And often the person who had the best intentions of creating a better place, the moment they achieve power, suddenly they turn again into the same person that they've just overthrown. <laughs> the moment they achieve power, all these things come in. So that's vital for self-observation. How do you conduct yourself in the face of challenges? How do you conduct yourself when, when you have power in any capacity? So the, coming back to the example of writing the book, um, then the book got written, and it was satisfying that the book got written. I was satisfied that it was. A few thousand copies were printed. And then I spent uh, several months putting always a few books in my plastic carrier and going from bookstore to bookstore and say, would you like to take two or three copies of this book that I wrote, The Power of Now? If you don't sell them, I'll take them back. 
And some said, yes, great, and others said, no, not interested. Okay, it's fine. I wasn't attached to the outcome, and then something happened and it grew and grew and uh, uh, first slowly, and then, as everybody knows, then Oprah came in. But if I, if I honestly compare my state of consciousness and my state of happiness or satisfaction, when the so-called success was achieved, the worldly success, and before when I was just writing the book, there's no difference, I wasn't any happier. It was satisfying to have the success, but basically I was not any happier having been successful in this endeavor than when I was engaged in creating it. It was just as beautiful, one could almost say more beautiful, the act of creation even more joyful than tasting the fruit, the final outcome. In fact, probably even more, more joyful. If it had not achieved much, maybe only had had 10 readers or something, that's fine, 10 people, maybe one of the 10 had experienced a change in consciousness through it, that's good. What would I have to, would I really have sold tomatoes? I don't know. (laughs) BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And the outcome always brings up a new situation. When everything grew fairly quickly, it doesn't mean suddenly life doesn't challenge you anymore. There are other big challenges suddenly come in. So, and limitations too. Every situation has its opposite. You gain something here, you lose something there. The first few retreats I had were great. With more, I could hug everybody after the retreat and during the weird hugging sessions. <laughs> it was wonderful. If I do that with you, I'll be here for several days probably. <laughs> So the intimate interaction with people as they grew, grew and grew was no longer possible. That is a limitation. I always enjoyed that so deeply. And yet, far more people were being reached. So you gain something here, you lose something there. So with any, any success you ever achieve, you, you will find the polarities. 
So there is in this world no absolutely satisfying situation on this horizontal dimension. There cannot be an absolutely satisfying situation. It's always gain and loss, gain and loss. The true satisfaction is derived only from the vertical dimension, only, only there. And if that is your point of departure, then whatever is created out of that is enjoyable, particularly because you no longer demand situations or achievements to provide you with absolute satisfaction. You no longer demand that you enjoy, yes, but you don't, you don't place a demand on them that they, they cannot meet. So whatever you achieve is maybe enjoyable, but it will always have another side to it. And sometimes the very thing that people achieve gives them satisfaction for a while, and then it turns into its opposite. The very thing that makes you happy then makes you unhappy. So knowing that, make the primary focus of your life the now be rooted in the vertical and then the purpose of your life then there are two purposes in your life your personal purpose whatever you want to achieve as a person here and your deeper purpose which is the alignment with consciousness the, the deeper purpose is the fundamental one the deeper purpose is whatever you do to be conscious in anything whatever you do to be aligned with only universal consciousness whatever term you want to use for it the deep eye as I call it often to be to act from the deep eye it's the, your primary purpose is to be aligned with that to embody that the rest is secondary purpose so it's all bearing in mind primary purpose and secondary purpose primary purpose is your state of consciousness in this moment no matter what you're doing or even if you're not doing anything primary purpose continues to be there until you leave this body so if you are 95 years old there's still the primary purpose of your life. It is less likely that age of 95 you will still have other purposes on the horizontal dimension. Probably not. But who knows? Maybe at 95 you can take up some new, learn something new, but it becomes less and less important as you grow older. Primary purpose Secondary purpose is to do with your you, you as this form identity here on this horizontal plane, which is not to be disregarded. It has its place. It also has a certain importance. You as a person, it has a certain importance. It is not primary though, it's secondary. The two need to come together. So whatever your purpose is on the horizontal plane, the primary purpose must flow into it so that are not separate. It's not enough to be a good meditator. 
and then the rest of your life conduct as unconscious as everybody else. They have to come together. Now you know what your primary purpose is. If you don't know what your secondary purpose is yet, because I know there are some people here who don't know what, what the question they often ask, what am I supposed to do in life? I want to find my, my purpose. Not everybody has found it already. And perhaps not even everybody has some big purpose that they, that they need to pursue. Not necessary. For many, to embody the primary purpose in whatever activity you're engaged in, even if it is seemingly insignificant, may well be enough. Although it is totally possible that a seemingly insignificant activity could grow into something bigger. But it's, it doesn't really matter. For some people, whatever they are doing is fine. And they, you, it's not for everybody to create something big and new. I need, maybe you do, maybe you don't. The, the volume, so to speak, of your, whatever your personal purpose is doesn't matter that much. If you don't know, if you feel there is something for me to do, but I don't know what it is, then I suggest you meditate on it, you become still, and don't ask yourself, what, what is it that I really want to do? But ask yourself, what is it that the universe wants me to do that could point you in the, in the right direction? And then you might get a vision of what may be helpful to the totality of life and other people. Your secondary purpose almost inevitably has something to do with other people. It will connect you with people. And so that's uh, the, your primary purpose flows into that and changes the way in which you deal with, with other people all your interactions change. What is, what is my purpose? What is it that the universe wants me to achieve, to create? Is there anything? And nothing may come immediately. You may want, if you feel strongly, there is something you could use an affirmation. I used an affirmation after awakening I was beginning to counsel people, spiritual counseling individuals for several years. And I knew I had an important truth that was coming through. It grew and grew through the counseling sessions. It, it developed more and more. And, but I was only reaching a few people. And then I was beginning to do workshops occasional work, weekend workshops, sometimes 10 people came. Once I had a workshop when one person turned up. I did it anyway, it was good. But I felt this is moving very slowly and I'm not very reaching. It was enjoyable to do the sessions, but I could see I wasn't reaching many people. So I, was, I found myself in a church in a village in Somerset, where I was living at the time. And so I, an ancient village church, and I was alone in there, the 1,000-year-old church. I loved those. Every village had one beautiful. So I sat in the church, and I was contemplating the situation. 
and then I said, suddenly it came to me, I want acceleration. I visualized acceleration for my work. My work is becoming accelerated. Please give me acceleration. Um, and I, then I could feel that it had already been granted in that moment. <laughs> yes, it's, I, was, I want acceleration for my work. And I'm getting acceleration for my work. That has a strange feeling it was already happening. That, and then I left and went back home. Nothing much changed. Weeks passed. And three or four months passed. And then suddenly, one morning, I woke up and I knew I had to leave England and move to the west coast of North America. I didn't know what the purpose was. And I didn't know that was part of that purpose, the, the, the acceleration. <laughs> Later I realized I needed the energy field of the west coast to even be able to write that book. The energy was necessary for me, but I didn't know that, that consciously. It, it came just, I knew I had to do it. Later, much later, I realized that was part of the acceleration that was beginning to happen at that point. So sometimes an affirmation can also point you in the right direction. For example, you could affirm all the things that I need for my work and fulfillment are coming to me. All the things I need for my work and fulfillment are coming to me. The things that I'm meant to do in this world, the service that I'm providing in this world is coming to me now. What if the realization what I need to do is coming? All kinds of, you affirm that it is already happening. That's the most powerful type of affirmation. Then you may find after a certain time gap, things begin to move. You have to find your own affirmation, what works best. Use it in the present tense. It's just a, it's a thought form that you put out into universal intelligence. Uh, these things work especially, they're much more likely to work if they're not egoically dominated. So it's not, you, you're not asking for something to satisfy your ego. Or, or, to, or to remove your sense of lack or not being enough. It needs to come out of a sense of fullness, not a sense of lack. Many people uh, want to attract something into their lives to fill a sense of lack that they feel. That is not an efficient way of manifesting circumstances. They need to come out of the sense of fullness of life. That's an expression that Jesus used. Jesus said, I want you to have the fullness of life. What is the fullness of life? It's the realization of your essence identity in the now. That is the fullness of life. It's amazing that he said that. In some translations it says, I want you to have abundant life. In other translations it says, I want you to have the fullness of life. Fullness is better than abundant, because abundant could mean many, many things, but it's not to do with many, many things. The fullness is the one thing, the one thing that is of absolute importance and is not a thing. So the fullness of life is to already, the experience that is the satisfaction that is inherent in the essence of your being. This is the eternal 
the invincible summer in you, Connie, to have that, and that is the departure point for manifesting, then whatever vision you bring into the fullness of life is then empowered by the fullness of life. And the, this sense of fullness, of, of deep satisfaction that is in the present moment, they come together. And then the vision is empowered by this. So you feel that not, not only do you already have it, you feel as if you already had it, it's not going to make you any happier, really, if, if you do attain it. <laughs> Jesus said it all in just one sentence, the entire secret of manifestation. You don't need any more books, just that one sentence Jesus said, all the things that you pray for, believe that you already have them and they will be given to you. Believe that, that they're already yours and then they come. So he never said believe that you, you will get them. Belief, but what is this belief? This belief is not a thought, but it, could, it is also a thought, but fundamentally it is the faith behind the belief. There's these two words. Faith is a thought thing that has its place too, but the faith is the power behind the thought, and that comes from the realization of your essence identity. Your essence identity is the power that then empowers the thought, which is the, the thought is the belief. Faith is something deeper. Faith is immediate power. Faith is uh, what in the Tao Te Ching is mistranslated as virtue, is faith. Faith is the internal power that is inherent in your being, the essence of your being. So belief is the thought structure, Faith is that which empowers that particular thought. And then you experience that as a reality already here and now. I kind of, I had that vision even before I wrote the, the Power of Now. The vision came to me what it was that wanted to be created and I even wrote it down. It was not so much an attempt to manifest as almost a a realization that th that was going to be manifested. There was already that certainty it was going to be manifested. And so that is the play around with that. It's not, nothing is deadly serious. You, you, you play around with forms, crea creating new forms and so on here in this dimension. It's, it's, not, it's not, not the seriousness, I must have that, I must, and I'll be unhappy if I don't get it, I must have it. So it does, no, you, you play the Leela, the divine play, you play around with forms, you, you enjoy the play of forms. There can be an intensity behind it, but not stress. And enjoyment, there is, sometimes the intensity comes when you, when you touch upon something that's now being created, power, you can feel how power flows into, into your action and, and even into your mind, and, the, and that's beautiful. But it's not serious. Don't take anything too seriously in this dimension. It's, it's a play, and it dissolves after a while, whatever you create, except the growth in consciousness. Behind it is consciousness. Consciousness evolves and grows, and that remains 
the, the forms dissolve otherwise, that everything has a, a certain lifespan, everything is fleeting. Eventually, of course, it, things leave you or you leave them, and then it's fine. Oh, that's the, it's a, quite an adventure. But once you, you know the secret, uh, um, which this is what it is, it becomes enjoyable. The journey becomes enjoyable. And gradually the world gets better too. After, after it goes through a period of um, a little bit of chaos where we're going now, and that's fine too because that will add to the driving force behind the awakening as things begin to dissolve collectively, the awakening intensifies the awakening of consciousness. And that's the beauty of it. There's nothing to fear <laughs> at all. Well, The end of our retreat has come, but the essence of the retreat is within you, so you carry it with you. And then the scenery around you changes as you move away. And you always, always Consciousness is the space for whatever happens, the space of consciousness. It's been wonderful to share the presence with you. It's not my presence, it's not your presence, it is divine presence manifesting through each of us. And now comes the rest of your life. <laughs> and I predict that for the rest of your life, the person that you are also, the person, the personality, recedes a bit more and more and becomes a bit more, more and more transparent for the the personality I call the, the surface eye, the surface eye begins to gradually recede more and become almost transparent to, to, for, for the light of the deep eye to shine through the surface eye. So that is the process of transformation. The personality is still there. It'll be there until you die. There's a personality there, but the surface eye but more and more the, the deep eye shines through. And when you reach the end of your life, the so-called your life, yes, there's no your life, but because you are life, you don't have it. You reach the end and then there's the deep eye manifested powerfully and the personalities begins to and, and as death approaches, 
just the light of consciousness of the deep eye shines through you, shines through the personality and through the physical form. And that's beautiful. And that is, you have fulfilled the purpose of human existence, the flowering of human consciousness. It doesn't matter when death comes, whether it comes next year or in 50 years' time. When it comes, it'll be the present moment. <laughs> so I thank you, and I'd like to say goodbye to you, and also I believe and hope Kim is waiting backstage to also say goodbye to you. And uh, I love you all. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.